1: In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today. Jessica Benson is the host of the Jessica Benson Show with C.J. Hurt at GrindCityMedia.com. One of our favorite segments of the week. She's also a host of the Grizzlies pre and post game shows here. You can follow her on Twitter at Jess Benson TV. Jess, I hope you had a good weekend. What you? What was the highlight for you of All Star Weekend? Because we only got oh. three from Vince. We had, you know, we we kind of knew going in, Vince was it was going to be, you know, probably a short <laughs> run, for him. a
0: short stint, yeah. a short, uh, a cup of coffee at the All Star Weekend before he could get into the rest of his time off. Yeah. No, I thought it was great that he was represented. Period. Which Me too. Was nice. I took a little weekend vacation to Austin, so I had to be very mm-hmm. intentional with how I chose to watch and consume the all-star game. And I'll tell you, the only thing that I had circled and starred that I wanted to be at a screen no matter what for was the Steph-Sabrina three-point competition. Me too. And I thought that it lived up to its expectations because there were stakes, right? Like, that's... When we're talking about the... Oh, failure seems like such a big word, but the, the struggles with the NBA all-star weekend. So much of it has to do with the fact that there aren't actual stakes. And when it came to Sabrina and stuff, like there were very real things at play. Both of them put themselves in a position where if they had failed tremendously, um, the discourse would have been insufferable. And instead uh, it was a valiant competition. Sabrina rose to the moment, shot from the NBA three point line, which took away one more uh, thing that people could have harped on, except for, kenny smith but most people would have harped on her not shooting from the nba right. three-point line if she had lost and gone and gotten blown out or if she had found a way to win um and instead she removed as many of those kind of variables as possible and proved that shoot or shoot whether you're a man a woman whatever it is like you can just kind of be an incredible shooter and you have two of them in Steph and sabrina the all-star game itself i watched 10 minutes of told myself i was on vacation and said i do not have to watch every second of it. and that
1: was beautiful Let's go back to what you said because I touched on that yesterday. You got our disrespect, dog. What what was up with Kenny Smith? Well, like what what are you I'm what are weird. you saying, bro? It was so weird. And and to me, usually he's the voice of reason on the crew that's got Charles, Ernie, Shaq. And and yesterday we called it was like Reggie Miller was having to be that for Kenny. I just didn't understand what point he was trying to make. Like you just said, it's more impressive, bro, that she's shooting from the three point line.
0: And it's been two strikes for Kenny in the last week because he made the weird comment about the Memphis Grizzlies when they were shorthanded against the Bucks. that could that team beat the UConn men's basketball team? Oh, yeah. I, and I was, that was strange. And then this one, so I'm like, man, you gotta you got to get back in my good graces at this point. But even going as far as bringing up like the difference between – Men and women golfers, men's and how tees, there's men's teams and yeah. women's teams. Like, if the woman can drive at 300 yards, guess what? She loves to show off that she can play from the men's teams too. Like, that happens often in rounds of golf being played across the country. I don't know. For me, it was just such a lack of understanding of the importance of that moment. Yes, at the end of the day, it's a silly little three point contest, and it doesn't have to be the end all to be all. However, It hadn't happened before, and we don't have a lot of opportunities where men and women are facing off in athletic events, and especially in a position where, you know, they are both equipped to succeed, and instead of focusing on that and how you could even take what they were able to do on All-Star Weekend and perhaps grow it into something that is further celebrated and a must-watch event that consists of, you know, some of the biggest names in the WNBA perhaps moving forward being a part of the NBA weekend, instead of, playing into all of the good, it was such a weirdo move to turn it into that. It so I, I just thought it was very disappointing.
1: You know, yesterday, all the talk was how do you fix the the competitiveness of the All-Star yeah. game? Obviously, uh, Silver was clearly disappointed and should have been. He had promoted, hey, this is going to be more competitive, and he gets, you know, you get that. So, And I was of the... After listening to him Monday morning, the Brian Winhorse sort of train of thought that man just throw some money at it, like that's what these yeah. players say they want, and and the NBA's got it, so just throw it at them. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've come to to sort of this question. I mean, do, do you find it at all off putting that the the player sentiment seems to be, hey, just give us more? I mean, that they are. I mean, they are making. You know, monster salaries as it is, and you know you, you've you know you've incentivized in season tournament, everything else. Is it is it off putting at any in any way to you that you know these entertainers say you know for us to go out here and really put on a competitive the competitive show you want, throw us more money. Yeah. It, and I, Is it uncomfortable?
0: Uh, uncomfortable, it yeah. No matter yeah. no matter what, it's uncomfortable. Like, it kind of is the, the money, more I think about money it. Money makes the world go round, right? It certainly makes our biggest industries go round, and sports is a giant industry in its totality and the NBA is included in that. If they did have added financial incentives. I would love for some of it to go to charities of various choices mm. so there was at least an altruistic element to it. But at the end of the day, like it is more work. It's a long season. It's an 82-game season. You've added the in-season tournament, which, which, yes, fits into the already structure of the NBA season. But it, it's just more. And what happened with that when they added money at the end of it? The players cared. The players played hard. Yep. It gave them something to focus on. Um, and I understand the business of All-Star Weekend, too. It's not like all these guys are just sitting around waiting for the big game. It's, it's constant. And that sounds, from somebody who's not making NBA money, and I understand how people can roll their eyes and be like, oh, seriously, you're asking for more? But it is a job. And it is added things on top of an already very demanding job. So perhaps that is what it will take yep. going forward. It, it's not going to make everybody comfortable, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if it creates a competitive product, I feel like that would be a win at this point. If you're a dollar per defensive play, let's go. <laughs>
1: Whatever it takes. I, I saw this morning where, uh, and certainly our, our praying for his family, where Jai, you know, talked about losing his, his aunt. That was like the latest from him on social media. Yeah. But before that, we saw from All-Star Weekend, someone had said, just pay Ja, and he does the old emoji where he's sort of thinking about it. And we mm-hmm. probably ask you some version of this question every year just after the dunk contest. But I mean, is there? Uh, there's a part of me that says, "Ja, stop teasing. If you're not, you know, if you, you know, know, if you're not gonna, ever going to do it, then then don't play with us or whatever else." But I I, I ask the question now because we have seen an All Star, you know, come back and do this this weekend in Jalen Brown, and I just wonder because his his performance wasn't great but he kind of opened the door, if that does sort of take some pressure off of the next all-star that, that decides to do this. Like, I'm sure Ja was looking at Jalen Brown and saying, oh, man, I'd absolutely crush, you know, what he did, you know, whether he's ever going to do it or not. But my point is, do you think Jalen Brown doing it takes any pressure off, whether it's a Ja or an Anthony Edwards, uh, off of the next all-star doing it? And, and frankly, with that, and if you threw some money at it, if we could get him out there.
0: I wish that it would. And I know a lot of people dunked on, no pun intended, Jalen Brown. Um, but I give him Me too. total props for going out there. Like, thank you, Jalen Brown, for giving us a name. Because for real. as fun of a little story as it is, uh, eight time NBA dunk contest winner Mac McClung just isn't going to move the needle, right? Like, it's just not, <laughs> right. at the end of the day, everyone's going to get real sick it's of awful. Mac McClung. And I do think, you know, when you're talking about. Things that could save the weekend itself. Perhaps you don't focus immediately on, on the game that seems to have lost the plot and lost all of the defense. But you could make those events sing a little bit more. And how would you do that if John Morant participated in the dunk contest? So I've said, you know, pay him whatever whatever he asks for. Blank check. Yep. Say, you do this dunk contest. We'll do this. You know the people at Nike would be amped. The NBA oh would be gosh. amped. Oh, my gosh. Him and Anthony Edwards. It would be an entire event. Him and Anthony Edwards. Give me Victor Webanyama. Oh, like, <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, 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 With his, his long, I'm sure he could come up with something we haven't seen. Victor, something weird, Although right? Although he barely, ha- he barely has to jump even just to just to dunk the ball. We're talking, of course, to Jessica Benson of Grind City Media. All right, turning you to the the Grizzlies. What do you want to see most out of this 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 second half? It's not really a half, but it's the it's the stretch run of the season in terms of this this coming back from the break. What you can pull out of this year is—is is it seeing Brandon Clark come back, get a little run, and feel like, hey, I—I I feel great about him next season? You know, Gigi and Vince's continued in terms of of ne- of the rest of this season. What do you want to see most?
0: Yeah, of all the players who have been sitting on the bench as of late i think the most interesting thing we'll be seeing if and when brandon clark returns to this team just because it's a tough injury and for me personally as a fellow achilles warrior nothing will make me happier than seeing brandon clark get back on the basketball court playing the game that he loves um but then the other piece of it is and you know we've talked about it so ad nauseum but it, it it shouldn't get old because it really is what makes this a silver lining season as opposed to a loss season Mm -hmm. is the continued development and seeing Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams jr. Consistently, uh, perform at the rates that we've seen them thus far over these last 26 games. And if you can get Desmond Bain back in the mix, if you can get Marcus Smart back in the mix, then you're able to see Gigi and Vince maybe play in positions that will ultimately be, positions in minutes-wise, more natural to, to what they could be for this team next season. But you just really put a focus on the developmental side of things, and I think the team is very comfortable in that place, and it's easy to be comfortable when you're getting – Performances like those of which we have seen yeah. so far. So I think you know you can. It gets a little old being like, oh, developmental, developmental. But there will be times where we have moments like Gigi Jackson and even Zaire Williams having twenty-seven points each against the Bucks. Like those will come over these next handful yeah. twenty-plus games.
1: It, it feels like too, Jess. That's that so much hinges now, and, and it is. It's a little bit weird saying it, but so much does hinge. And, and I guess Kleiman indicated this that on that. You know what that draft pick is, and whether you're mm. using it yourself to, you know, get a a center or or trading it to go upgrade at that position. Maybe it's not used to to upgrade the center position, but it seems like we all feel like in some way you're going to have to do that. That again, it, to me, that guy is key, is the key because it, it feels like one through ten, you know, that you could you can almost see it out. The, that looks like a yep. contender on paper, and so it, does it feel the same way to you that I, I guess post season here once we get to. You know that lottery. That this is this is really the key right here for me. It feels like towards finding that, you know, that center that that I want to put yeah. next to Jaron. What about you?
0: There's there's one hole. On That's it, roster. right? It's one hole. And it's that. It, a- it really is. If you're looking at it as a puzzle piece, and with the eyes on next season, the only thing truly missing from that puzzle right now is a center. So how do you? Yep. Go between, you know, potentially looking at options within the draft or patch- packaging that pick and being able to utilize some of the players who are currently on this roster. Do they perform at a rate that increases their value throughout the season? How does that all transpire to give the Grizzlies the opportunity to get the right fit at that center position to play alongside of? Jaren Jackson Jr. and we can just call them front court partners, whatever you want it to be. With Brandon Clark coming off the bench, um, and you look at that, and you're right—they are a contender on paper. Right. And that's where when you when the patience runs thin through the rest of this season, and there will be times where you just think to yourself, "Man, I really thought we were prepping for a long postseason run this year." If, if you're able to keep the focus on next season, I, I truly do think there's legitimate reason to be very excited for what's to come
1: and no question if you if no grizzlies in playoffs this year and and maybe i already know the answer to this but it's personal question no right answer is there a team that you would adopt in the nba playoffs with grizzlies out would you just jump on golden state whatever run they make with chris would you would you would you you (laughs) take a
0: nice answer (laughs) it's a nice
1: answer or or is there is there somebody else that sort of got your eye and maybe you like a couple of their players a lot
0: um, honestly, that feels like a very stressful answer, Jason, because I don't think the Golden State Warriors will go very far, no, even if they like manage it. to finesse their way through a play-in tournament. Um, you know, it's funny. I really like the Thunder, but there's this increasing beef between the Grizzlies and the Thunder, especially on Twitter slash X. And so it feels a little daunting to to even step into that territory. But they're fun. There's also a... Uh, a difficulty there because they are the new young hot team and there's a yep. semblance of there's always someone younger than you waiting in the wings to come and you your position and it feels as if that's been the Thunder's role this year but I like them and listen I'll, I'll always with my hometown team the Denver Nuggets because I love Nikola Jokic and any chance we have to watch him I'll take it
1: yeah I'm with you uh, how hard is it to talk in, in your job right now uh, to talk tigers right now, tigers
0: basketball. Oh my god! I was. It's a little rough out here in I these was streets. So, I was so grateful to have one day to let everything simmer because <laughs> right, whew, right. nobody's happy.
1: Oh, no, it, it's rough in these Tiger Town streets. Talking about that about that thing, you might get hit by something. I did yesterday. So you're coming down too when, hard on Penny. Get out of here. Oh. The show sucks.
0: It's such a it's like, such it's, a I'm tricky conversation here in Memphis and there's so many layers to it and I think the biggest is always that Penny Hardaway means so much to the city, period. And that's why it's real when there's a season like this that is incredibly disappointing. And Penny Hardaway is the head coach of that team that is incredibly disappointing and put together the roster that is failing to execute to a level that would take this team not just to the NCAA tournament, but the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And now you're thinking, oh, we might not even sniff the first weekend of the NCAA tournament or a first four situation. Um, There's blame to place. You have to be able to place some blame without treating it as an indictment on the person, right? Right. But I think sometimes that gets lost here because there's a lot of emotions around that person. But ultimately, it's just been such a bummer to see everything dissipate in the way that it has over the last month in terms of what could be and all the excitement around that to now just saying, well, they could still win the AAC tournament, (laughs) but probably not.
1: Right, Man, I know. I've been there. I've said those words. It's just, it is so tough right now. So, Um, but you, you are so great at it, whether you've got to do that or or whatever else we ask you about it. We so much appreciate these Tuesday hits. with oh, you Jess. too. Thank you. Thanks, and if, hey, if you, Have see, a good one. if you see John in these Memphis media streets somewhere, you just uh, tell him we miss I'll him. Let okay. Him know. Yeah, tell him we I'll miss him.
0: I'll let him know on TikTok. I'll send out a TikTok <laughs> bat signal.
1: Thank you, Jess. She is yep. Jessica Benson. Bye. Yep. Make sure you're locked in to the Jessica Benson show with CJ Hertz on grindcitymedia.com. Uh, also does the pre- and post-game shows for us and the Grizzlies. Uh she's so talented. Uh, really appreciate those hits. Was talking about yeah, it was actually good. was saying yesterday how much uh, how great Jess is. Whatever you throw at her, she just she always she, she can. And what she does is open up another doorway that you hadn't thought about. Usually with her answer.
0: The answer I really enjoyed was we have to be able to uh, you know maybe look at the bl- not blame, but
1: to hold somebody accountable without putting an indictment on somebody when it comes to Tiger Basketball. But we can't do that because what it is is even you you were 15 two you're number 10 in the country but you've lost six of nine now you suck as a coach now you can't coach right that's right. what it's what we it's sort of the nature and it's not just Memphis but it's sort of the nature of fandom it's also the nature of I'll be honest with you it's the nature of the media now. that's fair because again so much up. of the media now is analysis yep. and and uh and, us, and the us telling you it's working or it ain't yes or no right you know a uh, uh, major success or major disaster. Right. Right? It's never, it's never right. in there. That's fair. Because you, you're calling it every day. Yeah. And, you, and, and folks want to know the outcome right mm-hmm. now. They want to know what it is. And so it's crazy how we've gone from, we just talked about the incident with, you know, Penny, I think, had won over most of the national media with how he performed the last two years. And the first half of this year, guys like Pat Fo- the, the maybe the last holdout nationally on Penny Hardaway, the coach, that I can think of. Was Jeff Goodman? Right, because everybody else had felt like had come over. Jeff was Alaska was still what Has he? Jeff's major thing was: Has he done enough right. for that program? Mm-hmm. That program's used to winning at a higher level. Has he done enough? And what we would tell him is: You know, prior to this you know, the bottom dropping out, was he's, been, he's building towards that. Sure. Cal had his first five years, had been in the NBA, had been a college coach, obviously a, a, a seasoned coach. First five years looked exactly like Penny. So you'd make the case to even Goodman, the last holdout, that this looks good for the first five for a guy who was a grassroots AAU, then a high school coach, having to learn how to be a college basketball coach. So, so you had that going for you. He had changed minds back to that point. But here we are, Brad, just a month. After you were fifteen sure. and two going to that South Florida game, and now it's about can he do the job? Is he a, can he even coach? So that's it's the nature mm-hmm. of things that sometimes I find myself frustrated with because it does. It feels like we were just saying Penny's got this coaching thing licked. Right, We were just saying it. I don't, think, I don't think it was a mirage guy. I mean, I've, I've heard Giannato say it too. I mean, he's one of the ones that, you know, even through this stretch of six and nine, I still feel like Penny can coach college basketball. You can be a good, you can be a, a good to solid coach, right, and have a bad season, the bottom dropout. That's what it appears. But what is clear, though, is that what's missing right now with the way you're doing things is the fallback. There's not an identity to fall back on, right? Defensively, it had been that, right? Going hard, turning teams over. With this personnel, you can't do it. You have to find a way that you keep enough year to year. We just used the Kelvin Sampson example. You keep enough in between year to year that that culture remains. That guys who learned it get their shot. You got to have a few of them. I ain't saying stop getting one of your guys. Look at what Kendrick Davis did for you last year. There's a place for those guys but he swung too far the other way this year in building this roster and so you've got to find and and so i guess the the next question is how do you do that right get guys in you, you, that takes a while right that that didn't just happen in one season so next year you got to hope that with whatever you're pulling out off of this team we'll see if you can talk david jones into coming back with the you know the professional opportunities he may or may not have but um, right now, to me, it's about salvaging, again, what's their next season so that you're not building from scratch that culture. You've got enough this year to remember, okay, well, this is the way we play defense, you know. And so, you know, that's the next step for for Penny Hardaway. Now, he'd tell you the next step's against Charlotte, and all that's true. I, I'm not. I'm not writing off the rest of the season in the sense that, you know, Memphis can't do something special here, go to the AAC tournament, win the thing four days and four games and four days, which it looks like the spot they're gonna be in, because it doesn't look like they'll be a top four seed where you do three and three. That's 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 doable. But right now, more of my focus is on how do you get it back? Ryan Silverfield didn't win the AAC this year. Okay? I was disappointed in that. But he did win ten games. He won every game he was supposed to. And what it allowed him to do is turn down the temperature a little bit on his spot, on his seat, and especially with the way that he finished. And so you get to 10 wins, and I tell you, there ain't many damn good ones in there save for that Liberty Bowl win, okay? But he didn't lose to the teams he wasn't, spo- he wasn't supposed to lose to. And so now he's created some optimism, some hope, something to look forward to. How does Penny get that next year when it's gotten this bad? He can do it, but it can't just be coach speak. It can't be speeches about Memphis basketball because you're not in a position right now where anybody, Brad, anybody knows what that means on this team. Ain't the only people who know what that means is Jaden Hardaway and Malcolm Dandridge. Them, them, the only two that heard those speeches before. So how do you get it back? I mean, we're all rooting for him, but yes, man, it's, it's, it's grim right now. It's uncomfortable to talk about, and a big part of it is just like Jess said. It's because he's Memphis. It's because he's one of us. Because he's poured his, his, his heart and soul in that thing. And it's ugly right now. Oof. Ugly. We got much more to do. Second hour, we'll do the rundown. Third hour, you want to stick around for this. Uh, we're going to have Brian Hall, the trainer of Danny Left Hand to God Barlow. The new uh, rising UFC star out of Memphis. Uh, the man who put it all together, sort of molded Danny. Brian Hall. We're going to talk to him at 125. Man out of law school. Been open for five years. Any of y'all out in these... You know, uh, Danny Barlow, former athlete over Westwood High School, played a little basketball, didn't come out of there thinking, yeah, he'd been in some fights in the streets. Sure. But didn't ne- come out of there thinking necessarily he could be the next UFC star. He posted the uh, x ray, by the way, just while you guys were doing that interview. Did he? It's definitely broken. He's He posted a picture of it broken half, like, Brian, right in the middle. Brian Hall, when, when Danny Barlow walked into that, that, that training facility, Brian Hall saw a Star. And he's helped mold Danny Barlow into oh, yeah. a star. Once Danny's all healed up, we're going to hopefully get <laughs> yeah. him in studio and everything else, or at, or in the process of healing, we can get him in studio. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk to his trainer. They got a huge win in UFC 298 over the weekend. As Brad said, he did it with a broken uh, right arm. It's pretty incredible. Brian Hall will tell us uh, tell us all about the fight, the weekend, and everything else about 125 third hour. So we got a lot more to do. You can listen to Jason and John 92.9 FM ESPN.